Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have my friend, Chelsea. Chelsea, welcome to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. Thanks, Dave, for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you. Um, well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your life, marriage, ministry, and what ministry projects that you're working on? Sure. Well, my name is Chelsea Stanley, and I am first and foremost a child of God. Um, I came to know Christ as my Savior at a very young age when my dear Sunday school teacher, Mr. Meisner, shared the gospel with me. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, and I really can't remember a day apart from Christ, which I've come to realize is such a gift. Um, I've been married to my high school sweetheart, Dan, for 11 years, and we have three wonderful, energetic little boys, ages eight, six, and four. And then we also have a little one on the way coming in December or September, Lord willing. Let's hope it's not December. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right now, I am a stay-at-home mom. So much of my ministry revolves around our home and our family. Um, We're also members of Crossway Community Church in southeastern Wisconsin. And there I help my husband lead a small group. And then I serve alongside our women's ministry teaching team. And then outside of church, I write for various Christian online publications as I have time. Um, Most of my writing right now focuses on the relationships between adult children and their parents. And that ties into my most recent project, which is a book called Five Things to Pray for Your Parents, Prayers That Change Things for an Older Generation. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about your testimony and about you and, and what you do with us. We, uh, we appreciate that. Well, can you tell us a bit about this new book, Five Things to Pray for Your Parents, why you wrote it and how you hope it'll be received? Yeah, well, as I said, I grew up in a Christian home and For the first 20 years of my life, um, honoring my parents came relatively easy to me. Um, I was a pretty compliant child. I got along with my parents pretty well. But a few weeks before my wedding, I found out that my parents' marriage was falling apart and they ended up actually getting divorced during my first year of marriage. And so that was when honoring them became pretty hard for me. Um, I struggled to know how to honor them when I strongly disagreed with some of their life choices. Um, But thankfully, around that time, God graciously led my husband and I to the church that we're at now. And that is where we learned that the gospel, the good news that Jesus died for our sins, um, wasn't just for our initial salvation. It applied to every area of our lives, including my relationship with my parents. So for the first time, I began to see how I could love and honor my parents because Christ had first loved and honored me. 
Um, and God taught me a lot about honoring my parents while I processed through their divorce. Um, and he accomplished most of that heart change through the discipline of prayer. Um, in 2011, I went to a workshop uh, taught by Don Whitney. Um, some of your listeners might recognize him. He's probably best known for his book on the spiritual disciplines. And at this workshop, he taught us how to pray using scripture as our guide. And so as I began to pray for my parents in that way, God trained my heart to align with his, and he helped me to see my parents through his eyes and not my own. And that was a big shift for me. And so now that I've experienced the power of praying for my parents in this way on a personal level, I want to help other adult children experience that too. Um, I believe that God has so much goodness for us and for our parents if we humble ourselves and pray. And so I've put together this little book. Um, if you're not familiar with the five things to pray series, there are 21 prayer themes in the book. So for example, um, praying for my parents' salvation, praying that God will grant my parents wisdom, um, praying for my parents when they're suffering. And with each of them, we take a passage of scripture and suggest five things to pray for a particular area of your parents' lives. And you can use the book in a number of ways. You can work through it as part of your daily quiet time, or you can just pick it up whenever a particular need arises. And my hope is that this book will encourage grown children to pray rich, intentional prayers for their parents using scripture as their guide. Yeah, that's that's really, really good. Um, I know when, you know, I have my own challenges with my parents and there's a long history there. And I think that, you know, when I do pray for my parents and it should be more than probably I do, um, there, it's always interesting. There's always a different dynamic, you know, I mean, when you pray for a difficult person, you know, God changes your heart. I've seen that over and over again. And I know our listeners have too, and in, in their lives and um, it's just, it's just so powerful. You know, if, if we would spend that time in, in prayer with God, you know, I mean, we don't want to say God will move um, because he's going to move no matter what, but right. he uses, he uses the prayers of his people and mm -hmm. it's such a powerful underutilized resource. So I, I do think that this particular book is, is important to that end. Yeah, I, ho I hope so. Amen. You know, all the prayer prompts in this, in this book are, are grounded in God's word. And that's so, so important. What are, are, what are the benefits of using scripture as a guide when we pray? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, one benefit of praying for our parents using scripture as our guide is that it helps us to view them, how God views them as fellow image bearers who need the gospel just as much as we do. Um, Oswald Chambers wrote this in my utmost for his highest. He said, true intercession involves bringing the person or the circumstance that seems to be crashing in on you before God until you are changed by his attitude toward that person or circumstance. And so as we pray in his spirit and using his word as our guide, our own hearts towards our parents will hopefully begin to match God's heart towards them. Um, another benefit is that one of the best ways to know that we're praying God's will for our parents and not our own is by using God's word as our guide. Um, Jesus said in John 15, seven, you abide in me. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Um, praying 
biblical prayers for my own parents has personally been freeing for me because it protects me from self-serving prayers. And it allows me to pray more confidently, um, knowing that, as it says in the Bible, if we ask anything according to his will, God hears us. And then finally, I would say um, it really makes for richer prayers. Um, If it's okay, Dave, I can walk through an example for the listeners so they can kind of get a feel of what it looks like to, to pray through a passage of scripture. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be wonderful. All right. So let's say um, my mom has to make a big decision, big life decision. And I happen to be reading Psalm 23, which says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Um, Using that as my guide, my prayer might sound something like this. Lord, you are a good shepherd. You care for your sheep. You lead them to safety. Father, I ask that you would shepherd my mom as she makes this decision. Cause her to look to you for wisdom and guidance. Help her not to be anxious, but to find her rest in you, the one who leads us beside still waters and makes us lie down in green pastures. In Jesus' name, amen. And so you hear, it's a lot richer than saying, God, please help my mom make this decision, isn't it? So you can you can hear how it just kind of puts meat on the bones of our prayers. Yeah, that's good. And it also fights against, you know, well, this is just a routine. This is something that I'm praying or, you know, we might get distracted. We'll pray for maybe like 30 seconds and then we'll be, yeah. oh, well, you know, that that's nice. And uh, I don't have anything else to say. And then, and then we, of course, feel guilty because it's like, Am I supposed to be praying longer than that, Lord? Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. then it gets super awkward. You're like, well, I prayed, but uh, I didn't pray very long. So how, how, then we start thinking, how spiritual really am I? You know, and then we, we, we're so, we just, we just kick our own pineys, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. And, and that's just frees us. Scripture, you know, all, we have 66 books yeah. to, to draw from, you know, and uh, our prayers don't have to be routine. Our prayers don't have to be boring. They, um, um, yeah, they, I, I spend time, um, I, I read from um, usually Isaiah 26 and Psalm 48 um, when, before I go to bed. And just, just remembering, you know, when I lie down, God is there. Um, mm-hmm. He's with me. And, you know, sometimes that's what I need after a hard day, you know. He's Amen. there. No matter when I sleep, he's there. Um, and, you know, that's that's so good. So. You uh, you surveyed several parents of adult children before you wrote the book, and you asked them how how they would want uh, their children to pray for them. What what were some of the most common responses, and did any of them surprise you? Yeah, I did. I surveyed probably around twenty five parents of adult children, ranging in age and life circumstances and spiritual maturity. And hearing their answers really gave me more compassion and understanding for the older generation. Um, The most repeated prayer requests were growing in wisdom, um, finding joy in the midst of aging, caring for older parents or a sick spouse, um, fighting against loneliness, finding purpose in retirement, Um, reconciling with their kids or other family members. And probably the biggest one was finishing the race. Well, Um, I don't know that I was surprised by any of those answers per se, but reading them really confirmed to me that our parents are facing big, hard things and they really do need us to pray for them. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we're going to talk about this later, but I'll just bring it up now. You know, my, both of my parents have memory issues. My, my father's had, well, you know, this dementia for, um, since 2014 and my mom in the last year has been diagnosed with, you know, all Alzheimer's and boy, that's been, especially the second one. I knew that was coming, uh, with my mom, but the one with my dad, really, that was, that was a surprise. Um, and I've had to, I had to learn the first few years were so hard, um, adjusting, adjusting to that. And, um, even, even now, you know, sometimes when he has a really rough day, it's hard, you know, it's still, it's there. It's, it never goes, you know, until he dies it's, and until both of them die, it's never going away. You know, it's yeah. a debilitating, debilitating disease and just praying for them being understanding, being, we'll talk about this a bit more. But just being compassionate, um, you know, that the most compassionate, loving thing that we can do. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that said this. I think there's a Puritan, but I can't think of who it was, um, is to pray. It's to pray for them. And, um, you know, that shows that we care about them and love them. And, you know, I, I can cite many examples where there was many difficult people in my in my life. And when I prayed for them, which was most of the time, Lord willing, I think, um, God changed my perspective towards them. He changed the relationship with them. The difficulty went away. <laughs> it was, mm. It's pretty amazing. And, but it started with, it didn't start with that other person. It started with me. <laughs> and then usually the light bulb comes on. And I'm like, oh, that's what they're talking about. There, or something. There was one example. I was leading a Bible study and there was a really difficult guy, but he, he wasn't trying to be difficult to be difficult. He was being difficult because he didn't feel like I cared about him, um, which was sad because I was answering his questions. I, I felt like I was doing a good job, but he didn't feel personally that, you know, like I'm connecting with him on a, on a, not on a theological level, but on a relational level. And when I realized that, wow, it, it clicked in my head and I'm like, man, I am so sorry that you feel relationally that you and I aren't connected. Because I care about you and I pray for you and, you know, but that, that, that changed things, you know, and, and praying for one of my pastors to pray for this guy. And, and I did, and, and that, and God ended up opening my eyes to why that, what the problem was, you know, and that's just so powerful. Um, so that's yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned that God commands us to honor our parents in Ephesians 6, 2, you know, that's easier for some adult children than for others. What, what do we do when we don't feel like our parents are worthy of honor? Um, first of all, let me just say to your listeners, if that's you, I'm so sorry. Um, I know that that is a, a really tough spot to be in, especially if the people who were supposed to nurture and protect you have caused you um, some sort of undue pain. Um, with that being said, God does not give the command to honor our parents with exceptions. He doesn't say only honor your parents if they're good parents. He says, honor your parents, period. And that can be hard to wrap our minds around, but I think it helps when we consider what Christ has done for us and we follow his example. Um, Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us in his mercy and his love. He honored the dishonorable, you and me, by making us alive with Christ and raising us up with him and seating us with him in the heavenly places, a place of honor, despite our sinful and quite frankly, dishonorable state. 
And here's the beauty of this. When we choose to honor our parents, we reflect our savior. Um, We honor our parents because of Christ. He's the one who makes it possible for us to please God. Um, We do it for Christ because we want to do everything for his glory and we do it through Christ. We don't have to rely on our own strength or righteousness. It is Christ within us who enables us to honor our parents. So what does this tangibly look like? Um, I'll give a couple examples. It might mean choosing not to speak ill of your parents. Um, I do believe that there is a way we can share our heartache with others without dishonoring our parents. So maybe your dad hurt you very badly when you were younger. Um, You can share that with someone. It's an important part of your history, but you can do that without calling him names or without wishing him any harm. And you can do that all because of Christ, because you know that he is the final judge and you don't need to take vengeance into your own hands. Um, It could also look like having a posture of forgiveness towards your parents. Um, As followers of Jesus, we are called to forgive our parents as Christ forgave us. And I know that can be hard to do, but I think it's helpful to remember that biblical forgiveness does not excuse sin. Um, Instead, forgiving your parents means releasing any bitterness you harbor towards them by confessing it to Jesus. It means releasing any pain they've caused you by entrusting that pain to Christ. Um, One thing I do want to mention is that we live in a fallen world and not everyone is going to be able to be in a healthy relationship with their parents, the sight of heaven. Um, There may even be situations where it is best for you not to be in a close relationship with your mom or dad. And if you're wrestling with that, I would encourage you to talk to a Christian counselor or a pastor or trusted friend, mentor who can help you better discern what it might look like for you to honor your parents with wisdom. But either way, as a child of God, um, our posture towards our parents should always be one that desires reconciliation between them and us, but most importantly, between them and God, which leads me to another way we can honor our parents who are maybe less than honorable. And that is by making them a priority when we pray. Um, The word honor in the Old Testament means to give weight. So we want to give our parents weight in our prayer lives. Now, for those who have strained or even non-existent relationships with their parents, prayer can be a really safe first step of obedience. Um, It doesn't require direct contact with anyone but God, meaning you don't have to see your parents or even be on speaking terms to pray for them. And of course, my hope would be that one day God would eventually bring healing to your relationship. But in the meantime, you can definitely honor them from a distance with your prayers. That's um, that's so good. And it, and it brings up an example from my own life. And my junior year in high school, my dad and I were estranged. Um, mm. My dad is a lieutenant colonel, retired lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army. Growing up, I was deathly afraid of him because he could literally <laughs> kill somebody with his bare yeah. hands. Because he was a physical therapist for 40 years and knows, you know, every pressure point in every way to, to, you know, help somebody. But also, when you know that, you also yeah. know how to really, <laughs> really hurt somebody. And so I was deathly scared of him. And, um, you know, my junior year, I my, there was problems with my mom, too just a lot of emotional and um, abuse. But the Lord um, graciously convicted me um, 
of unforgiveness. Um, I was sitting living, I was actually living with one of my brothers at the time and I'm a junior in high school and I was in my room in his house and the Lord convicted me. I was reading, you know, Matthew 6, 12, 14, where it says, if you don't forgive, <laughs> you won't be forgiven. And mm-hmm. there's a passage in Colossians that says essentially the same thing. And wow, I was just so convicted at that at that time. I just remember that. That was over 20 years ago now. And we, my dad came over and we were going to go play golf because I was on the varsity golf team. Mm-hmm. And, um, but instead of playing golf, the Lord had other plans. We ended up going for a walk. And I just said, dad, I just want to tell you, can I tell you something? And he's like, yeah, what, what, what's up? I said, I just want you to know I was sitting in my room reading my Bible and the Lord convicted me. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I said, you know, I have a lot of un- years of unforgiveness and anger and bitterness and resentment towards you. And I want you to know the Lord forgave me of that. And I, and I need to ask for forgiveness for you. Well, that was so interesting <laughs> in, a, in a good, like the Holy Spirit, you know, way was God was at work and hit by the spirit in his life. He's a Christian. Okay. And he, he, he said, you know what? I've been praying too. And I just want you to know I'm sorry too. And we were immediately reconciled. Um, oh, it's we, beautiful. We've never had any kind of, ever since then, we've never had any kind of issue. And it's a, it's a amazing thing you know um we had no real relationship before that um at all and it just opened up so much um you know there there was a lot of it took it took some time for me of course to trust him but you know there was the the gates were open you know the lines of communication were open and we we quickly you know built a very close relationship and we're very close still and um it was just so amazing um what God did there. So that I just say that to say, you know, to our listeners, you know, you might you might not right now that might not be a possibility, but as you keep praying, like I've shared, God will probably convict you and show you where you've sinned and where you've done wrong and be open to that and be open to being humble and to humble yourself before your parents or others. You'll you'll never regret, honestly, you'll never regret apologizing. And keeping short accounts with God and with others, but you will regret <laughs> holding on to that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that regret. Um, it'll eat away at your soul. And I can say that as somebody who lived that with that kind of that way for really the first 16 years of my life. It, it's a heavy weight and a heavy burden, and you don't have to have that weight and that burden. And and I want to also say, you know. There's a lot of things that, you know, what you said about going to a biblical counselor and your pastor and sharing and and how you speak about them. That's so, so, so important. It's like, you know, if you're married, you wouldn't talk about your spouse in a bad way, but we often... (laughs) think oh you know it's but it's okay to talk about my parents that way and it's, it's for the same reason that you wouldn't talk about your spouse that way you shouldn't talk about your parents you know so yeah yeah and i think as brothers and sisters in christ we also need to encourage each other in that um you know if we catch ourselves in a group setting bad mouthing our parents um pointing that out to each other and and just helping each other to honor our parents as best we can 
That's a good word. Really good word. Well, we have listeners who are currently caring for their parents suffering from sickness, injury. You know, my dad, I mentioned, has dementia. My mom has Alzheimer's. And I know how hard it is to to care for parents with memory issues. Can you offer any encouragement to children who are serving as caregivers? You know, Dave, um, I haven't personally experienced this kind of suffering with my parents yet. But in writing this book, I reached out to several friends who have cared for parents in these situations and they very graciously shared their stories with me. And as I listened to their stories, I quickly realized that we needed to include prayers of lament in the book. Um, Caring for our parents who are suffering from dementia or cancer or a severe injury can be excruciating. So the first thing I do is encourage caregivers to take some time to cry out to your heavenly father and to sit with him in your grief. Um, You should feel free to share your fears, your frustrations, your heartache with him. He He wants to hear your prayers. Um, And then I'd encourage you to recall God's promises and his character. Um, We see this modeled so well in the Psalms. We take Psalm 102, for example, we see the psalmist pouring out his heart to God. He says, my heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. In my distress, I groan aloud and am reduced to skin and bones. And he goes on like this for a while. But then in the same psalm, he says, but you, O Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion. And then a little later, but you remain the same and your years will never end. So you can see it's it's good and it's right to cry out to God in our grief, but then we have to make a conscious effort to remember who God is and what he's done. And then finally, I would say, be quick to confess your sin and quick to extend and receive forgiveness. Um, Like you said, Dave, caregiving is hard work and it can also be really hard as an older person to find yourself in need of caregiving. Um, It's like this pressure cooker situation that reveals sin in our hearts and in our parents' hearts. And so we want to be constantly asking God to search our hearts for any sinful thoughts or attitudes. And then I would say also asking him to free us from any misplaced feelings of guilt or shame that might come along with um, feeling like you can't meet every need that you'd like to meet. That's really, that's really, really good. Um, You know, one thing, one thing I think that it's important is also for children to be, you know, and I do this with my parents is, is to share how, how does this, how does their illness make you feel? And, and it's not a, you know, I just want to say up front, that's not, shouldn't be done in a, in a guilt tripping kind of way, but something like this, you know, Hey, you know, dad or mom, I'm really struggling with today or been struggling with your diagnosis, your illness. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad or anything like that. I just want to share that it's really hard on me personally. And um, I'm just doing the best I can to care for you. Now, in my situation, I, which isn't everybody's situation, because not everybody has a seminary degree. Not everybody has been in ministry a long time. And um, I um, provide a lot of counseling to my dad and, and to my mom. And, you know, that that's an extra 
extra there's a reason why they say you shouldn't provide counseling to your family because <laughs> it's 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 really difficult but you have to be you have to be honest um even if that is you and that's your situation you know find out what's really happening find out i i always find out a lot about when my dad shares with me i will go and talk to his guardian i'll talk to his pastors i'll talk to all this is on the phone since i live five hours away from him so if you're in person, you can obviously do that in person. But I want to find out like what's actually happening from everybody, from the stakeholders. So he lives in an assisted living facility. So I'll talk facility. I'll talk to his pastors. I'll talk to one or two of his friends at church and or, or the people that are related to that particular situation. And then I have a good idea of what's happening. And then I'll go and talk to him. Hey, Dad, um, I heard about what happened in this situation. Um, can you tell me about what you, you know, what you experienced? Mm -hmm. And then, and then what I'll do is I'll be like, okay, well, for example, he's back to um, he hasn't been able to go to church in over a year because he, the facility was locked down. And he's walking to church. Well, we're concerned about that because it's two and a half miles. Um, and so we're, he's when you have dementia, you're, my dad is very routine based oriented. Um, it's it's hard for him to get back into the routine. So we just remind him, hey, dad, we don't want you to walk. You have a ride. <laughs> we need you to stay in your room. They're going to call you. And, and we just keep doing this. We just keep reminding him. And I keep telling them we just need to be gracious with him. We need to let him get back in his routine. It might take some time. Just keep talking to him about it. It's okay to tell him, hey, we can't have you do this. He understands that. And just being honest about and transparent about with, with that person about what's happening and then listening, um, you know, asking questions, showing care, showing that you love them. That's just, that's, that's everything because like somebody like my dad or, or somebody with dementia or they're in a home they're, they have to understand they're all alone and what they need is that love and that care and to, to make it to the next day. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult and it's incredibly challenging. Um, I won't lie. There's many days where I'm already really tired and then I'm even more tired after, but it's, it's, it's worth it. You know, it's, that's why we have to be praying for our parents and spending that quality time availing ourselves of in prayer and the word and, and, and really having friends um, to share these burdens is, is, is absolutely so critical. Um, that, so there's a lot that I'm sure we could both say more about that, but I'll stop because <laughs> I could, I could probably go for another 30 minutes. So, mm. and this is about your book, not about me. So, <laughs> well, I, I love hearing, um, how you're honoring your, your parents in this. And I think just listening, that's such a good example of, um, not being condescending <laughs> towards them and, and still seeing their dignity and the, that he's made in the image of God, you know, um, I hear that you're being humble and gracious and kind. So praise God for that. Praise God that he's um, doing that good work in you, Dave. Amen. You know, there's a, there's a section in the book where you prompt readers to pray for their own hearts towards their parents. Why did you include this section? It's a good question. Um, well, the section starts off reminding us that we are first and foremost children of God and that 
no matter what happens with our earthly parents, we can always trust that God has a plan for us. Um, He will strengthen us. He loves us. He is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or imagine. And he is worthy of our praise. And I think it's good to ground ourselves with those truths as we think through our relationships with our earthly parents. And then um, it transitions into a time of Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's, it's easy for some of us to dwell on our hurts and our grievances, but God tells us to give thanks in all circumstances. And so we want to do that. We want to thank him for being a good father and a shepherd and giving us good gifts and also thank him for the ways he has blessed us through our parents. And then there's a chapter on um, seeking forgiveness in there in my initial book proposal, This chapter started out as one about extending forgiveness to our parents, but it's funny, as I was reading through the passage, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, um, the Holy Spirit just impressed on my heart that this needed to be a chapter about seeking forgiveness instead, because in our current cultural climate, we see a lot of assigning blame to parental figures. You'll hear people say, oh, I'm only critical because my mom was so critical growing up, or I can't commit to relationships because my dad set such a terrible example for us. And while I want to be careful not to excuse sin, I also think it's important for us as Christians to look in the mirror and to take ownership of our own thoughts and actions and for us to see where we might need to repent of being impatient or unkind or unforgiving towards our parents. Um, For me, this was definitely the most convicting chapter to write, but it was also really good for my soul. And then finally, we want to ask God to help us to have the right heart posture towards our parents. Um, As we've talked about navigating relationships with our parents as adult children isn't always easy. And so we want to come to God for wisdom and encouragement and strength as we seek to obey him. Um, His word says that he equips us for every good thing. Um, And in the end, praying for our own hearts towards our parents will hopefully bless our parents who are on the receiving end of what comes out of our hearts. So I think that this section really brings everything full circle. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, really good. You know, and it's, I think one of the most underrated things and and we should talk about maybe just a little bit is, you know, overlooking an offense, whether that's in a marriage or in with your parents or with somebody at church, it's really hugely overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. When we o- talk about overlooking an offense, we're not talking about dismissing the offense. We're just talking about putting a pause on it. You know, for me, that looks like sometimes just saying, hey, um, can we come back to this particular topic? Because I need to go pray because I'm pretty upset. Um, you know, and it's okay to say that to somebody, you know, um, and it, and if you somebody says that to you, please just give them permission to, to go pray. Um, it's It's always better just to go pray. And to be honest with somebody, your spouse, mm-hmm. the church member, or or whatever, you're never gonna you regret that. But but you will regret if you don't allow them, and then they, um, you know, blow up and say hurtful things. They'll regret it. You'll regret it. And 
um, give give each other permission to to have that space. Um, and sometimes you just need to take a break from that person, and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, and be praying, but don't take a permanent break from them. Right. Pray, to pray for them, and and then come back. You know, a part of overlooking offense that we don't really talk too much about is actually coming back to the person. And when you come back to them. You know, say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about this situation that happened. And I just want to share and make sure when you do that, that you're saying, I just, I don't, uh, this isn't about attacking you. This is about sharing how I felt and then share, I feel this way. I feel this way. And then be open to listening to that person because maybe I know there's time, a lot of times when I've misunderstood what somebody meant. And they didn't mean to, to do whatever. Um, always, if in response, you always want to try to affirm the person and apologize if there has been hurt feelings um, before you clarified. Because um, otherwise, that other person will obviously clam up. And that's not what we want. Um, mm-hmm. We want to acknowledge the hurt or anything that we did, um, even if we didn't do it. You know, it, that doesn't matter. That person felt that way. And so we're validating them as a person, trying to keep the lines of communication open and then talk through, hey, this is what happened. Um, and that just applies to parents and marriages, um, to any any kind of relationship. It's, I was <laughs> I preached at a men's retreat one time and the guys were like, I said to them, hey, huh, I'll specifically apologize to your to your wife. We were talking about forgiveness. And the guys were like, I just can't believe that that that, that my wife wants me to do that. And I've asked many wives. I asked my wife, I asked <laughs> many wives. Um, they're like, yep, yep, that's what I want. <laughs> and and that's really what we're talking about here. You know, it's specifically apologizing, dealing with things and and you're you're just uh hitting on so many good things. So good stuff. You know, not all of us have grown up in Christian families. What what would you say to those with unbelieving parents and how should they pray for them? Well, if you go to a cross country meet, um, you will see parents at different points on the trail. You'll see them cheering their kids on toward the finish line. I never ran cost country personally, but my sisters did. And they've told me that that is an important part of a runner's mental game. Um, without supporters at those mile markers, runners can begin to feel weak and discouraged and defeated. And I imagine that this is sort of what it feels like to be a Christian with unbelieving parents. You're, you're running the race God has put before you with endurance, but Every once in a while, you take your eyes off the finish line to look for your mom and dad cheering for you in the stands, and they're just not there. And I know um, that it must be so difficult running the race without the support of your earthly parents and frightening um, to think that you may not even see them at the finish line. And so I think one of the best things you can do for your unbelieving parents is pray faithfully and boldly for their salvation. James 5.16 says that the prayers of a righteous person have power. So what better way to wield that power than to pray for your parents to know Christ? Um, Going back to that idea of running, there's a Christian Olympic gold medalist, Eric Little, who once said, each one of us is in a greater race than any I have run. And this race ends when God gives out the medals. And the good news for our unbelieving parents is that the race hasn't ended yet. There's still time 
for them to repent and believe. And so we don't want to give up hope. We want to pray that one day soon, your mom or dad will place their trust in Christ, that they'll sprint toward the finish line and that they will be standing on the podium next to you as God gives out those proverbial medals. Hey, man, that's, that's <laughs> really good. Really good. Well, Chelsea, where can people go uh, to find out more about you online, either on social media or otherwise, sister? Sure. I have a website. It's just ChelseaKStanley.com or on social media. All of my handles are Chelsea K. Stanley. Wonderful. And guys, I follow Chelsea on all of this. You'll enjoy following her. So I Thanks. encourage our listeners to check you out. You know, there's a lot that we could talk about, Chelsea, about this topic. And I know we've hit on a lot of things. Um, just as we wrap up, do you have any takeaways for our listeners? Sure. Um, as Christians, God commands us to be devoted to prayer and to honor our parents. And so when we honor our parents by including them in our prayers, we obey both of those commands simultaneously, which is just so pleasing to God. And that command to honor our parents, it also comes with this beautiful promise. Um, Ephesians 6, 2 and 3 says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, which doesn't mean that if we honor our parents, we'll have this life of health and wealth, but it's meant to show us that generally God intends rich spiritual blessing and good for those who obey his commands and honor their parents. So as we wrap up, um, my prayer is that adult children will reap God's blessing as they come before God with prayers for their parents. Amen, Chelsea. Amen. Thank you so much for your time today. You've done a wonderful job, and I know our listeners are going to be blessed by this episode. So thank you for your hard work in writing this and and in um, the great answers that you've provided. Thanks, Dave. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. You too, guys. The book is Five Things to Pray for Your Parents. I encourage you to pick it up and get it, get a case for your friends uh, of the book. It's, uh, it's really helpful, and I'll bless you. So until next time, guys, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.